0: When you hear the term new age, do you think of crystals and astrology? Are we seeing a new new age in today's culture and even in the church? What is new thought and how are Christians unwittingly finding themselves believing in what some might call deceptively dangerous activity, even under the banner of seeking God's will and his blessing? What does modern new age philosophy look like and what as believers are we called to do about it? We're going to be talking about all of that and more on today's episode of Theology on Air. Well, welcome back to Theology on Air. We're excited today to be talking about some of these ideas around new age and new thought. I am Sarah Stone. I'm the Outreach Director for Young Adults at MDPC here in Houston, joined as usual by Evan McClanahan, Senior Pastor at First Lutheran in Midtown Houston. Uh, Theology on Air is a ministry born out of Theology on Tap, which is uh, just a really cool thing here in Houston. We do every other month where 20s and 30s all over Houston come together for craft beer. And to talk about interesting and sometimes controversial topics around theology philosophy faith and culture religion christianity all that jazz Uh, but in the podcast we get to dig into some of our um some of our topics a little more more deeply and today we are joined by our very special guest melissa doherty did i say that right doherty 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 okay i have it like written phonetically and i still got it wrong so that's awesome okay Uh, Melissa is an apologist, a mom, an artist, and a wife with a YouTube channel aimed at helping people understand the new age and how to look out for it, as well as other theological subjects. She's kind of a jack of all trades because she came out of this, but I'll let her tell her story in a second. Uh, First, if you like this podcast or if you find this kind of stuff interesting, we would love it if you would show us some love by subscribing, rate us, review us. You can do that even as you're listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, just click the little thing and... um, do all of that. And then of course, if you want information about theology on tap or anything related to all of what we're doing, you can find that at HoustonTOT.com. Okay. I think that's all of the logistical stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, this is actually take two of this podcast. So if you're listening and you think this sounds kind of familiar, we had this conversation with Melissa uh, a few months ago and we had some technical difficulties. So we're recording it again, back better than ever. Um, so pretending like we've never had this conversation before
1: (laughs) we're building back better.
0: Building back better. Oh, so political. Okay. So Melissa, tell us just a little bit about you introduce yourselves to our audience. Tell us a little bit about your own story, because you came out of what we're going to be talking about later, the new age. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Does that mean you were a witch or what?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. is that <laughs> I didn't even know there was a word for it until I got out of it. So I wouldn't blame people if they didn't understand what this is, especially like the younger crowd too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually thinking of coming up with a different name for this. Not that Ooh. I want to be like a trailblazer but like just something that people can understand but basically um when it comes to the new age it wasn't called that at all it was just super spiritual i mean you would have thing i mean we talked about jesus i mean to kind of maybe as i tell my story it'll kind of intertwine and interlock mm-hmm. and all that stuff but um i mean i basically grew up with a with a background um in Jesus, but it was also like really spiritual stuff. So, I mean, in other words, I mean, my great grandparents were Christian scientists and they were all about the mind manifestation Mm. um, affirmations, uh, speaking things into existence, power in your words, power in your thoughts. You are a powerful being. Mm. And, uh, they put a lot of metaphysics in this too, which I found fascinating. I mean, to be honest, this was the stuff that I, I craved. I liked, I mean, they talked about, uh, physics uh, time is an illusion. I mean, all Mm. all these things. So like, if you're, if you're part of this illusion, if you're part of this world, I mean, you have subjective reality, which was a good way to, you know, describe, uh, evil Jesus, uh, was the example to us of what we could be in like a very literal sense. So he, and, and Richard Rohr, he's somebody out there that kind of believe he believes this too, where Jesus, the man and the Christ are two separate things Mm -hmm. and you obtain the Christ. Um, it's panentheism is what it, it's called. That's the fancy word for it. And so it's basically what you're doing is you're obtaining this thing that Jesus had, which means you could go as far as to heal people. You could speak things in existence, like all these things. And my mom, God bless her heart. She had a lot of really like super spiritual things happen to her. She's and my mom. She's not sensational. I mean, to be clear, usually I think people kind of think that when people, have these experiences that they're, Oh, they're not that they're making it up, but like they're dramatic. Maybe what's that?
0: That maybe they're dramatic or something.
2: Yes. Yeah. And no, this was not in my mom's case. I mean, she didn't ask for these things. And that was part Mm -hmm. of it is that she would see things and things would happen to her. Like she would see colors and she's like, Oh, that must be this word called an aura. And these people know what this is. Um, she would have, uh, th- these beings like visit her. She called this one in particular. She never actually saw it, her visitor. And mm-hmm. it like just visited her throughout her whole life and all kinds of stories. And these are the things that I grew up with, but she was never, she never demonized this at all. She was very curious about it. And she thought that she was special because of it. That's very mm-hmm. important because, uh, it was always, oh, I'm on a higher spiritual plane. I understand more spiritual things than the average person. Yeah. And I wanted that. I'm like, I want to be spiritual. You know, like I want to know these things. Um, you know, so I mean, the problem was is that the at the time it was very difficult to go to your church clergy and be like, hey, I'm seeing these things without them being like, Oh, you're you're demonized, you know. Uh, that's demonic. (laughs) And I kind of make fun of that in my videos sometimes because it's like there has to be a level of understanding for that, but um but yeah, so that I kind of grew up with that. And I grew up with this love for spirituality for all faiths, all beliefs, all religions, that there's many paths for God, uh, to God, that if you believe in God, you were basically good. You were just worshiping worshiping him in your own way. That's mm-hmm. your path. Um, it, it was, it was actually very tolerant, very loving And I didn't see anything wrong with this. And I thought Christianity just came along and, um, was, was more of a fill in the blank to those certain things. But, uh, it wasn't until I, I, I never was like super religious or went to church a lot, but I believed in a God and it wasn't until I was 16, this is a long story short. But, uh, when I was 16, that's basically when I became a Christian, I was at a, a party of all places. I was very depressed, very down, suicidal. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who had just become a Christian and I don't, he decided to go to a party and start telling everybody about Jesus. It was so dumb, but so I want smart. this
0: ministry. I want the party ministry. <laughs> maybe I should start being more social.
1: Maybe <laughs> if I, mean, I just, maybe if I just looked at every party invitation as an opportunity to go share the gospel. I'd be like, I'm there.
2: You should, otherwise, you know, I mean, I, it's the weirdest thing. Cause I imagine if he weren't there, yeah, and it was so simple. And this is the funny part is that um, this is kind of a pattern for me is that there's really really simple things that just make that kind of crash my world, hmm. and for him, I mean, I grew up with this idea of God, but I never heard the gospel, I never understood it, nothing like that. It was all about this sort of pan again like a pan pantheistic, and if you guys want me to describe that later, I can yeah, type of God where everything's God uh I lacked this personal God, even though I was mm-hmm. taught that God is love, it was very different with the way that this guy was saying it, you know, just like okay. he, there's nothing you've done that God can't forgive, which is me understanding, oh, I've done things wrong. I'm a sinner and he loves you and forgives you no matter what, you know, is basically the, there's nothing you've done that he um, won't forgive and will make him stop loving you. You know, basically was what he was saying. And it was just life-changing to me. Absolutely. Life-changing. And I, um, this is like the favorite part of my story because, um, I, I go to home that night and I don't remember the drive home, but I believed him like in all Mm -hmm. my heart. I, I grasped onto that and I'm like, I want that. I need this. And the Holy spirit just absolutely took over. It was absolutely amazing. I remember waking up that morning. Like I went to bed that night, but I woke up the next day and like, everything was different. Like my senses were different. Uh, the depression, I knew this was the biggest thing. Part of the biggest thing is that, uh, I, that emptiness, that, that void, that darkness, that depression gone, just Mm -hmm. absolutely gone. And I know that most people don't get that all the time. Whenever they become a Christian for me, that's, that was, I don't know why I was blessed to receive that immediately, but Mm -hmm. I did. But I remember sitting up in bed, putting my hand on my knee, like, whoa, like the lights brighter. Yeah. The birds are chirping colors look different. Like it was weird. And I'm not going to say it was, uh, definitely the Holy spirit, but I'd have to say that that is probably the most supernatural thing that's ever happened to me in that sense. Hmm. Um, I, and the, this is the biggest thing about this whole experience is yes, that's great and all, but my hunger and yearning to know more about this God um, that I now want everything about everything that I want about him. I want, like, I want to read the Bible. I remember turning on the TV and like, Oh, those corny TV preachers. I know they're there. Where are they? I didn't know what I was doing. I <laughs> you went I searching for
0: the corny TV preachers. That's amazing. I was
2: searching for that. I like, it sounds dumb, but it's like, I, I wanted more. Yeah. And I, this is also important. This is in 2003. <laughs> um, the internet was not what it is today. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just go research. Apologetics wasn't a word. I still think a lot of people don't know what that was, but that's basically what I needed. I needed, um, I had really tough questions because I was taught things about Jesus in the Bible that now I'm wondering, I want to know more about this. I, w- I want to mm-hmm. know who Jesus is. And, um, long story short, nobody could answer these for me.
0: Oh, that's I went embarrassing.
2: Baptist church. What's that?
0: I said that's embarrassing for Christian. Yeah, well,
2: yeah, and it was I mean, I again, the internet, that's why you couldn't just go on YouTube, you know? Like you couldn't just mm-hmm. you had to go to your local church. I mean, there were still encyclopedias on my bookshelf, you know. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not that old. This actually is not that that long ago in my opinion, but <laughs> I was 16. It was a while ago, but I mean, technology from then has sure. come a long way. And I was at an independent Baptist church and uh it wasn't that I was turned away. I just don't think I was taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing is now that I have this yearning for spirituality, I didn't know the difference between the Jesus of the new age, new thought books on my shelf and the Jesus of scripture.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting. Yes. And
2: the, the church that I went to was King James only. And this is very important. <laughs> um, I didn't read my Bible. I didn't understand my Bible. And I was almost reprimanded for not understanding it. Hmm. So I had to like, pretend like, Oh, okay. I know what I'm talking. I'm really, I'm a super Christian. Like I know my Bible. I did not know my Bible. I didn't understand it. And yeah. I'm a 16 year old kid um, reading a King James version. And I think it's again yeah. a beautiful version, more power to you if that's what you want to read. But uh, to me, I didn't, that was not a good starting point for me and it deterred me from reading. And so again, long story short, I fell into a new age, new thought as a Christian, basically, now that there's a word for it, I was basically progressive new age, mm-hmm. um, a progressive new ager in a, in a way where it's just, um, and just
0: for our audience sake, when she says progressive, or when you say progressive, you're not talking about politically, you're talking about theologically.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I want to, I want to put some names to that. Um, like Rob Bell, mm-hmm. Ron Bell yeah, Rob Bell. Sorry. We yeah. have a lawyer down here and the local area that has a similar name. I get them confused. No
0: Rob Bell for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Rob Bell. So like, think of, think of that kind of progressive Christianity, but think of it in a more like metaphysical spiritual way. Yeah. Um, Where I, I thought going to a psychic was fine. I visited psychics. I, uh, uh, did crystals like energies. Um, I didn't do like energy healing or anything, but I believe that my thoughts had power. And I was told and taught that this was Christian that mm-hmm. these things were inherently a Christian concept. And this is what Jesus was really trying to tell us. And all the mm. mystery, all the Gnosticism, like I found it alluring. I found it enticing. I found it, uh, th- th- any other Christian, you know, uh, that was just, oh, the Bible alone. I'm like, oh, you're so close-minded. Yeah. You are so close minded you so close minded and narrow-minded and all these things. And so yet I called myself a Christian. I just thought I was more Christian than them. I thought right. I knew more, like and a more expansive
0: spiritual. spirituality. Yeah. Yes.
2: Higher spiritual plane. And then all that changed. <laughs> um, um, in 2010, I had my first child and I still had questions. Like, even though all that had happened, I still didn't understand certain things. It was more about just understanding what the Bible actually taught. And it seems so simple, but I remember going to college, taking religion course, being very disappointed. Cause I'm like, I thought I'd learn about Christianity and I didn't, <laughs> um, So, uh, two Jehovah's witnesses show up at my door and I thought I had attracted them to me because I I thought that they believed in the basic same things. Uh, they did not. And again, long story short, uh, they said something that kind of tipped me off and I'm like, that's not right. Something's wrong about what they're saying. And the internet was now what it was in 2010. And you could easily go research things. And that's where I went. It's like their worst enemy, by the way, to a Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't go on the internet. They're told, and uh, I know now I know why, because yeah. I researched their religion. And in the process of researching their religion, I found things about my beliefs hmm. that were very troubling. And I discovered there's a correlation with it. Because if you're researching a religion, if I'm researching Jehovah's Witnesses and the litmus test for them being wrong is the Bible. Yep. and you the Bible the same one, one thing and it's contradicting what they're saying. Then I have to think, okay, well, is this true? Is what is the Bible true? Yeah. Okay. I need to research the Bible now. And it was just this, this domino effect because I'm like researching this religion and I'm basing it on the truths of the Bible. And I'm like, how can I trust the Bible though? And mm-hmm. it was in that process that I realized, oh, I'm believing the serpents lie. <laughs> like, Mhm. It was a logical thing. This was not like a spiritual experience I had. It was a a line of logic that led me to believe uh, that the Bible is historically a historical document that can be trusted. Mm -hmm. And to me, in my mind, that made more sense than, oh, I just believe it because God says. You know, I had to actually logistically look at it. And then when I could see that, and I'm like, okay, um, this is literally the first lie told to mankind that you can be like God. Yeah, um, I took a major step back and just decided to go down that path and and go down that rabbit hole and research uh, more and more about scripture. And what it ended up doing is it got me out of the New Age, but it also got me into ministry to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. As a result, and I I I, I accepted you know the Bible is truth, and I decided to reach out to them in in love and hoping that they accept the gospel as well. You know, that's funny
0: because you didn't tell us this part of the story last time. You told us the part about the party. Different parts come out because sometimes I
2: try to shorten it and give smaller, smaller parts, or I go longer. It just depends.
0: (laughs) No, but I, I appreciate it because there was there was a spiritual, experiential moment, but there was also a cognitive logical step that, I mean, you realized you in searching about one false religion, you discovered you were part of another false religion, mm-hmm. right? In, I mean, in the
2: aspect of critical thinking, you have to think people don't know why they don't trust the Bible. And a lot of it has to do with weird stigmas of, oh, well, it's been tampered with. Well, how, mm-hmm. how has it been tampered with? And that's the thing is that you have to ask that question and then go back from there. Oh, okay. So hold on a second. If the Bible's been tampered with, that means that somebody had to individually, like somebody, they had to individually get every single document, thousands mm-hmm. of documents spread across the known world, collect them all, change them all, and then redistribute them. It's like the New York Times yeah. trying to get, you know, uh, a newspaper from like a week ago and withdraw all of them. Yeah, retract America. every. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, and it was and just you- okay, you know, little things like that. It was logistical. It was not a feeling or experience.
0: Yeah,
1: good. Um, yeah, and you wouldn't know it was it was tampered with unless you believe there was an original uh, to begin with. But, um, just quickly, <laughs> when you when you grew up, did you um did you did your parents like take you to a church or anything like that, or you just kind of had these these beliefs?
2: Um, yes and no. My mom and dad divorced when I was two. So my dad was not really around. It was more my mom. She grew up in a Lutheran church and she always wanted to take us to church. The problem was, is that she never felt like she fit in ever Mm -hmm. um, because she was different. Like she had these spiritual experiences. And uh, I remember Mormonism appealed to her because they believed in certain spiritual things. I can't remember what it was, but it was just, nobody understood her. And nobody could mm-hmm. talk to her without kind of putting her down in that way. But she always believed in God um, and even read the Bible to us. Sometimes it was just, there was this, this lens on it and there was never a, um, on her part, there was never coming from scripture to a conclusion. It was always from her conclusion to the scripture and how yeah. does that fit?
0: I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes.
2: And there, there was no effort of when I understood that the Bible is basically, I mean, on the basic sense, like if you're, if you're not a Christian, it's a historical Jewish document. Yeah. And the reason why people don't really look at it that way is because there's miracles in it. Mm-hmm. And so well, there's I'm also like okay.
0: poetry in it. And so oh, yeah. I think that's part of the, yeah. Like where do you separate history and poetry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so for
2: her, it was just, um, we went off and on, but we never yeah. actually went to church a lot. No.
1: So you became independent, I'm guessing independent fundamentalist Baptist after your conversion when you're 16?
2: For like six months. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Gotcha. And yeah. then, so KJV only, and then, um, and now you threw out a word too. I think we should key on a Gnosticism or Gnostic. Um, because that kind of is the the thing that kind of, I think, unwraps or unravels in, in a lot of ways, what the new age is. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about that. Um, what, what that word means and, yeah. and the way it influences.
2: Yeah. So, know. um, we actually had a lot of Gnostic books in our house. Like the gospel of Thomas was supposed to be like this mysterious <sighs> book. Remember, everybody knows this because, you know, people love sensational things, but like the lost books of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, those are Gnostic books. Like, so if anybody's trying to make a connection to Gnosticism, this is, this is really interesting and fascinating topic, but, uh, Gnostic is just a fancy word for knowledge for Mm -hmm. knowing. So like the Gnostics back then, um, and I wish my Bible's over here, but this is what John when in John three, he's trying to warn the believers about Gnostic beliefs. Mm -hmm. Because Gnostics basically believe that everything material is evil and only spiritual things can be, um, are, are real. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, how, like nowadays we're saying, no, Jesus is actually God. Mm -hmm. Um, he's both God, fully God, fully man. Nobody has a problem now saying that God, that Jesus is a man, but people now are like, nobody wasn't God. Well, back then it was opposite. They, Mm -hmm. they they understood, no, Jesus is God. He just wasn't a man. Right. So because w- the body
0: was, is, yes, is beneath yes, us and Gnostic. sinful. And yeah,
2: exactly. The, the understanding that everything material is evil. And the reason why Gnosticism is important to mention is because uh, two things. First, a lot of the books that people think are missing from the Bible are not missing at all. They were never a part of it to begin with. They were written by Gnostics that either liked, liked Jesus, Mm -hmm. but wanted to write their own material or dislike Jesus and wanted to write against, you know, Christianity. And it was just, these came years after from Gnostics and the um, elements that you find within those books, follow the beliefs of Gnosticism. And it's all about um, yourself as a spiritual person. And this isn't new, like this has gone back to old Testament times. I mean, they called them pagans. So, Mm -hmm. and it's interwoven and the name changes, but the beliefs and the core beliefs stay the same of your inner divinity and Godhood. So um, back then it was, you know, the disciples trying to fight Gnosticism and it's right there in scripture. Like you're, it's so interesting. If you understand what Gnosticism is, you're like, oh oh, that's what he's talking about, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like that's why he's saying this in this context. And um, he's warning them against these teachings. So, and we still have this problem today, obviously.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, okay. We've used this term new age a few times mm-hmm. and you're kind of defining it now. Mm-hmm. I think huh, the word new age is so we, I said this before we started recording to me, it sounds so sort of archaic. It sounds like something that like my parents' generation would throw around is like the yeah. evils of like eastern things like everything from like acupuncture to crystals to horoscopes whatever like that's all new age and then there was sort of the satanic panic of the whatever 80s 90s which kind of interwove those things together and now it's almost a joke if somebody's like oh is that new age we that's like a a caricature of like a sort of meddling church lady you know but the term new age and new thought uh whether we like the term or not, it's still happening. And that's kind of what you're talking about. But you said something a second ago that I remember in the last interview, you said at the heart of all new age ideology is this idea of the inner divinity or that we can be gods or be like gods. Can you just maybe say a little bit more about that or kind of how you would define new age and new thought?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm in seminary right now, now. excuse me, sorry, seminary right now. And uh, one of the books that we're reading is critical thinking. And when he says, when in doubt, draw a circle. And what he means by that is you put the core subject matter in the middle and you work out from there. And then you, you get your premises and your conclusions from that. So in the middle, if you're going to have a core to work out from, from new age, and this is everywhere it's in our churches, it's a Joel Steen's pulpit. Um, Mm -hmm. It is in uh, like, if you're going to think new age, think of Oprah, like think of that spiritual Mm -hmm. mentality. It's that you are God. And they don't mean that you're, you know, God, like the father, they don't believe that they, they believe that you are literally divine, mm-hmm. that at the core of your very being, you are a divine being that has a manifestation power. And you can do these things by controlling your thoughts, feelings, and emotions and how you treat others. Um, so, and if you're going to work out from there, that goes with the works that you do because you, and you understand this innermost core thing. Yeah. And I, I remember like, uh, the secret with, with Rhonda Byrne, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, the secret is the law of attraction. This was a huge sensation so many years ago. And, uh, it was actually brilliant marketing on her part, but what it is is that you have the law of attraction is basically running off of the the coattails of that belief that you are god and because you are divine the the earth literally turns for you like the it I have always thought that
0: melissa yeah. yeah yeah
2: and um because you're like you like if i'm a new ager, if i'm if i believe these things if i'm super spiritual um i would look at you sarah and you evan and and think of this um you're exactly the same as me and what i do to you i do to myself so if I'm trying to be kind to you, uh, that means I have to get kindness back. And so it's like you, you're you in this constant mindset of that all the time, no matter what you're doing. So people on the outside see this very kind, very loving um, person that is running off of this, this hamster wheel, if you will. Of, of beliefs from this just one belief i mean that's just the law of attraction I mean there's so yeah. many others i mean you have and we'll
0: get into spirit. them in a second yeah
2: yeah yeah like you have spirit contact you have um oneism universalism these are all just different beliefs there's so many that stem from this one inner core circle and it's not just new age or new thought um I think that this belief, again, I'm trying to think of like a different word. It's going to come yeah. to me someday. Cause I don't, oh. I, I know it sounds strange. I come from the new age, but it's almost like I want to come up with a more on the nose name for this.
0: Well, it's also not, and it's not new anymore. So it sounds weird. Cause you're talking about something that, you know, I think we think of like the sixties and hippies and like the I height of a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you were doing it and believing it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, help us understand before we kind of dive into some of the, you know, like some of the words that you just used, cause I want to kind of Tackle each one. Two questions come to mind. One is, um, do did you ever attract anything? Like I, I'm just thinking about the fact that it just doesn't work. You know, like I would love to attract money and men and fame so and gonna, fortune. I'm going to and... argue that it.
1: I'm going to argue that it might work, but I want you to answer okay first. Yeah. Well,
0: but the not, the not primary... because I believe in it, but no. Oh, I know where you're going okay. with that. Yeah, but the primary question I have here, which I think some people that are in this would ask as well. You say that, that this is a wrong belief that we are divine, but we know that we're made in God's image. Maybe help unpack the difference between those two things, because we know we're stamped with his image and God made us and we have pieces of his character that we display. Yes. So how oh, is that gosh. different?
2: There's so much to say on this because this right here is why I thought it was Christian mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, word of faith. This is a big one. I did a lot of videos on word of faith. Cause I have a lot to say about this because word of faith, preachers and teachers and I don't know how you guys feel about naming names. I mean, I did before, I like team. Go
0: for it. We're but already I'm hated by Word saying. of
2: faith but um, oh man, there's so many. Um,
0: and when you say Word of Faith, for our listeners, that's similar or the same as like the prosperity gospel, health and wealth, all of that. Yes, Just,
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this comes from Word of Faith preaching. And I, I wrote a whole paper about this. And um, there's a podcast that I did with my friends from Cultish and Stephen Bancars on this, but there's a whole thread of this. Word of faith in the church, prosperity preaching, Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, like anybody that stems off from them. I mean, Joyce Myers, Joel Steen. Things, yeah, believing that God will give you these things. So what you're saying, yeah, and they're quoting scripture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're exact same scriptures that I was told. Like what you just said was something I had to really unpack because I was told that you're made in God's image you're, you're a child of God. Like you can do the same things God did because of these things. So I'm going to unpack that a little bit first. And then, um, he said something before, um, that's just
0: the law of attraction. It's just, to me, seems like people how it would works, walk yeah. away because it doesn't work.
2: Yeah. You know? So remind me to go back to that. Cause there's like will, three points of that. Um, uh, cause, uh, my brain's really working right now, but you know, you know how our brains work.
0: Sorry. I asked you a <laughs> theological question and sort of a silly practical question. So Go for well, the theological if, well, if one. you're going to
2: take scriptures though, and this is the thing is that, and this is why I have such a love for scripture and context and hermeneutics is that what does that mean to be made in the image of God? It does not mean that you're God. Mm-hmm. If you're made in the image, like if God is creating you with certain personalities and we're going over this, um, kind of simply. There's a lot more to this, but if God is creating something and he's making you unique and you're a very unique being that possess qualities that only he can possess and he's giving to you, that doesn't mean you're God. It mm-hmm. means that you're personal. It means that you have qualities that a God has that can give you, which by the way, kind of off topic, uh, is a really good philosophical reason for a God existing because, you know, cause and effect anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we're personal. We feel things. We have consciences. There's a law of morality. These are the things that make us in the image of God. It, to be made in the image of God does not mean that I'm looking in a mirror and seeing God. Mm-hmm. None. We can unpack this all day. This is a very deep, dense theological thing. But um, with the law of attraction, there's okay for it working. There's a lot with this because um, that was one thing I struggled with when I left. But I'm like, yeah, but I I did things like I I manifested things. And I, there's three like what? things I would say to this. Um, one there's first, whenever you're, what do they call this? It's not confirmation bias. There's, there's an actual word for this. When you are looking purposely looking for something and see it everywhere.
0: Self-fulfilled prophecy. I don't know.
2: No, there's like an actual, uh, salience. Like when you
0: like the salience idea that if you buy a car and now you're seeing Hondas everywhere, that kind of thing. Yes. Yes.
2: I haven't heard that word, but that's basically the same thing. Um, and there's a fancy word for this, but it's like, I remember like my friend thinking, oh, I need to move to, I might move to Oregon. The universe needs to give me a sign that I need to move to Oregon. Then all of a sudden she's seeing Oregon license plates.
0: Sure. sure, and sure. And I'm like,
2: those were always there. Right.
0: You she's know? just more attuned like, oh, to it now plates. because it's on her mind. Yeah.
2: Yes. And I'm like, why are you just license plates? You know, like, why not everything? You know, it's like, we, we tend to see things that we want to see. I think that can be a big part of it. Whenever you're trying to manifest, sometimes we have a way of bringing that into our reality, um, thinking that it, this is part of the manifestation process when it's really mm-hmm. just us doing it. Yeah. Number two, it is spiritual. And this is the thing is that, and I, I would, I, I'm more of a, if there's not a natural explanation for something that's happened, then you can consider it being spiritual which I have to say, even as a Christian who believes in spiritual things, it's not a lot. Like you're talking maybe 1%. I mean, I remember something being thrown at me across the room. Okay. I'm dabbling in the new age. I'm doing this stuff. I shouldn't be doing what, how, how did something get picked up and thrown across the room? I don't have kids yet. My husband's not at home and I'm thinking, okay, there has to be a natural explanation for this, right? Like how did this happen? And I'm trying to think, and then you go through those, those processes and you're thinking, okay, well that maybe, all right, maybe that was spiritual. Oh, wow. Wait, wait, wait. let
0: me pause you. You're saying this really happened.
2: Oh yeah, you? absolutely. Yes. That really happened. And
0: you believe, I mean, i want to spell this out for our listeners. You're saying that you think Sometimes, very few, but sometimes there's actually spiritual, maybe demonic, even activity happening. Oh, yeah. That what you're saying. 100%. Okay. And the
2: reason why, and again, I have to deduce this. That's where you were going, right? If you're an atheist and you have a materialistic, naturalistic worldview, there's always a natural explanation in your mind. There will never be a supernatural explanation. If your worldview allows for supernatural things, and if you're somebody that sensationalizes, and spiritualizes everything. That's just as wrong and extreme as the atheistic worldview, in my opinion, Mm. not everything is spiritual. Right. 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 So for me, I'm like, there has to be a a natural reason for certain things. And if I can't find it, then I entertain. Sure. How did this thing get thrown at me? Like, there's no natural explanation for this, you know? Yeah. And so for me, because my worldview allows for the possibility of something spiritual, and it allows for supernatural things. Um, I have to deduce by logic, okay, that that just picked itself up and threw itself. <laughs> that's not natural. Yeah. Um, how did this happen? That there is no natural explanation therefore. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's how my mind works. If you haven't noticed, I I try to be very analytical um, because it's helped me and gotten me out of a lot of trouble. <laughs> but I also don't want to go uh, all extreme in the other way. Sure. There's not um, a demon
0: under every rock. I there's got you. Not a demon.
2: Yeah. And I, I maybe that's part of it is that in the ministry that I'm in, uh, there are a lot of Christians that think that everything's spiritual and I'm like, it's not, uh, there's not a demon under every rock. And I don't, I think they want us to give them, give them that attention. And I don't, of course I yeah. believe in demons, but I don't think that they have as much power as people think they have.
0: Yeah. Um, I like, I like that balance.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Balance is what I try to be. I'm trying to be very biblical, but I'm trying to be very, um, relatable to the world that I'm in Yeah, in the same way. Like God didn't just put us in this world and gave us laws to ignore. Um, I think that there's, there's wisdom in that, um, in my opinion, but, but yeah, so I do think that there's an entertaining, uh, thought that if you have something, if you're doing, if you're doing spiritual things and you're opening spiritual doors, Yeah, you're going to have spiritual things happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, this is, this is probably a whole other spiritual topic, but whenever you're, whenever you're dabbling in the spirit world and you're trying to make contact with something spiritual, that seems positive and seems good. You're actually in some, I I don't know if I a hundred percent know this for sure, but this is what I know that people are, that are a lot smarter than me would, would say, that you're basically sharing almost like a soul um, connection with these spirits Mm -hmm. So you're letting them in. And if you're sharing this with them, there's an aspect of your thinking that you're letting them be a part of. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that if you're thinking, Oh, I'm manifesting this, that there's actually ways that they could possibly make these things happen. And there's a third reason for this too. I just cannot, to be honest, think of it at the time. Um, not off the top of my head, there's actually a third well, that's aspect okay. of this that I usually bring up with this. You,
0: I mean, you have so much, I want I, like, you're a font of this kind of knowledge. So I do want to oh. kind of move us along because this is just one tiny aspect of new age thought, right? And by the way, the thing you're talking about right now, we had Marsha Montenegro on, we've had her on a couple of times. And the last time she came on, she talked about exactly what you're talking about. Oh, good. Yes. Um,
2: she's, she's one of the people that's more smarter than me. So more <laughs>
0: smarter. Yep. That's what she is. <laughs> can, um, can I yeah. ask a question though? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, like, I just watched uh, a, a new Netflix documentary on John of God, this Brazilian um, healer. He made a lot of headlines a, a year or two ago because it sort of came out that for many, many years he had been abusing women mm. under the pretext of like spiritually healing them. So, without oh, going to gross. the whole thing, he he actually claims to come out of the Roman Catholic background, but there's this spiritualist like culture in Brazil. It's very strong and very powerful. A lot of a lot of what we've been talking about. But one of the things, the the documentary just sort of became all about the spiritual abuse, the sexual abuse of women, Mm. rightfully so. Um, But like early on, like there were examples of people who were swayed to him or by him because they claimed that he really did perform miracles. Mm. So he really did heal them of things like people went and their cancer was gone, things like that. And they just kind of leave it out there. And they don't really explore it, so i I kind of tried to find something on whether demons have the ability to heal mm-hmm. um and because demons are forces for evil and healing yeah. is a is a sort of good, but yeah. I wondered if in the in the in the long term, if demons did not have some ability to to perform miracles in some way for mm-hmm. the longer game of um of bringing you into the deception yeah ultimately and mm-hmm. so um You don't have to answer that, but I, I, I am, I am curious of things and things of a lesser degree, like the, the, uh, say it into the world. Was that the promise? Manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I wonder if the, the, the attraction, like the law of attraction might in some way work. I I do think most of the time we're just more paying more attention to things, self-fulfilling prophecy and all that. But Mm -hmm. I do wonder if there aren't forces that do bring things that do answer the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the request of an attraction for the purpose of getting you like, it's kind of like the first one's free, you know, like, yeah. like for, for <laughs> you know, you can have this amount of marijuana for free, but I expect right. to be dealing you heroin a year from now. Right. So, Jeez. um, that's
0: interesting. That concept. was dark, wasn't it? Yeah. But, but I mean, demons are dark. So, so anyway, then.
1: if anyone has an answer to whether demons have the spiritual ability to even bring about good things in our life,
0: temporary goods.
1: For, I, I, I yeah. Fund. I
2: would say yes. Um, for me personally, um, I don't think that there would be, I mean, yeah. I mean, wealth is a good thing. Mm -hmm. There's just a distortion of that. Right. So Mm -hmm. here's my understanding of evil. (laughs) Again, this might be a little philosophical. Evil only exists because good exists. In fact, this is also an argument for God's existence. So, um, I think it was, uh, who was it? Augustine maybe it was augustine he was writing a syllogism right mm-hmm. it's a logical thing like yeah premise one premise two therefore premise or a conclusion, conclusion right yeah so god created all things therefore god created evil no no there god <laughs> evil what is it no uh, god created, god created, created all, things. all things evil
0: exists yeah. evil
2: is a thing therefore god created evil Okay. So in his mind, as he was thinking about this and he's like, something's wrong with this. And it was, it was his second premise. Evil right. is not a thing. Evil is a distortion the distortion of a good thing. Yeah. So you can't have, um, oh goodness, anything like think of everything deteriorating. So like a good thing would be your body. Okay. Um, you can't have cancer without a body. You can't yeah. have rust without a car. So whenever you're thinking about a demon, which is inherently evil, giving you something good, you have to think about, um, the the distortion behind it. So like money isn't bad,
0: right? The love, the love of money. Yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. So that's kind of what I think now, when it comes to sickness and things to your question, to your point, um, first for me, the first thing I would do is wonder, okay, hold on a second. Like, do you have documentation? I would start with that. The first thing is like, okay, you were cured of cancer how you need to explain to me how you were cured of cancer. Like, did you have cancer? Do you, and then I'd go, did you take medicine?
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, did
2: you take medicine? And that's the other thing again, is uh, what you were saying earlier. And I admit that I did this now, and I can admit this now that I'm not in the new age, but you would think that you're manifesting healing while you're eating, right. Taking medicine, Mm -hmm. like, did I manifest my healing or did I just Mm -hmm. Take medicine. Like, <laughs> did, did I go yeah. to the doctor and get better? Yeah. And then I um, concluded that I manifested my healing, even though I took steps to heal. And there's bona fide miracles out there. There are so many healings out there that are documented, mm-hmm. that are unexplainable to so many people. Where they're like, "Oh man, that that's I, I did not treat this. This is a miracle." Or they're rare, very yeah. rare. That's the thing I would ask is number one. Now, number two, if I were to say. Like what you were saying, you know it's like they 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 give you something for a different outcome. I would wonder because the one thing that I have looked into is uh uh, uh the like the street preachers that are yeah. healing, yeah, you know like they go out and they, they pray for you in the name of Jesus for your healing, you know, and <laughs> they're always southern accent I know it? I don't know why I do it um <laughs> but it's like uh. And then people declare and proclaim yeah. that they are healed in the moment they're, they they're in this emotional, um, zealous reaction. And here's the other thing, here's the other thing. Um, and again, this could be a whole video in and of itself. Here's the other thing. And this is important. You'll have people because of their words, because they're, per- they believe their words have creative power and what you say about yourself, you become. Mm-hmm. Therefore you are not sick. You are healed. You Mm -hmm. receive and accept that you are healed right now in this moment. Even if your circumstances show different.
0: Yeah. You told us in the last one,
2: but they'll tell you, no, I am healed. I am well. You told us in the last
0: one that you, uh, you were talking to some lady who like, I don't know if she'd had a stroke or something and she believed this so much that she was saying something that you could see in front of you. Wasn't true. I don't remember if it was that she could walk or something, Do you know, Um, I
2: believe that. Yeah. And I did that for my video on, for one of my videos, I think it was affirmations. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what she had, but she had, it was like partial paralysis. Mm -hmm. It was, she had a stroke. Yeah. I believe it was. And then she had partial, partial paralysis. And she was saying that she didn't have this, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just her, this is, this is anybody with any sort of um, ailment. It could be cancer. It could be something you can physically see, like maybe they are missing a limb. It could Mm -hmm. be anything. And if you believe in these things, you could be a new ager or unfortunately be in the word of faith um, movement, the prosperity preaching movement, which believes that your mind and your thoughts and words have power Therefore you should not be saying that you're sick. You should not be saying that you're poor. That's the other thing, um, is that that's a new age concept. That's a new thought. So, I mean, if you're having somebody like, I don't know, I'm not familiar with John of God at all. I know his name. I should know maybe more about him, but I don't. Um, I that's, that's a new thought, new age thing. Yeah, very much. And so when I saw this in the church, I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, this is not good. Um, so that's the other thing is that remember that that's, that's a communal thing, um, in a lot of these communities is that they say they're healed, but are they like, right, right, right. You know? So that, that's where my mind goes with those things.
0: Yeah. I want to move us along just because we've already, there's so many things I want to ask you about. So we might have to kind of do a quick, quick shot answer kind of thing. Um, but while we're on the topic of healing, I'm going to skip ahead on my list because I have very good friends who really Christian friends who go and get energy work done. So Reiki, mm-hmm. I, the other day, I actually heard someone talk about shamanic healing, um, just any kind of energy work where people are messing with your chakras or can you talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, what that's all about, by the way, I went and got a massage the other day and I was telling the lady, I really want to work on this one spot. Cause I can never get rid of this knot. And she goes, Oh, don't say you can never get rid of it because then that will stay there because you said that I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's how that works, but just, fine. just rub harder
2: and it'll yeah. be gone. Like, <laughs> really. get your elbow
0: in there. No, anyway. It's,
2: it's funny though, because the the putting it's too much pressure to give myself that much power. Mm. Um
0: yeah. gosh, was I wish I had much thinking power. about Jeez. the other
2: day that reminded me of just this. But it's almost like if if you're going for it's like you're eating the moldy bread and bypassing the bread of life. Okay. Mm. So if you're, if you're going to get short, shortchanged, if you're messing with spirits, you're going to get what you need in the moment, which is the point. It doesn't, if it is, if they are giving you some sort of, um, peace or fulfillment, Belief. yeah, it doesn't last. And that's kind of the point. And if you're trying to, if your spirit, and you're trying to pull people into um, you know, what people would call deception or away from this truth. You're going to give them something that feels good. You're not, yeah. the point is not to the devil doesn't show up with a with a pitchfork yeah. and a pointy red tail. I mean, he shows up in energy healing, he shows up yeah. in, in crystals and beautiful things mm-hmm. and is is really gorgeous, like and nice, okay, and loving. I mean, people that spirit guys will say this. I mean, you're you're talking about a spirit that's giving you information that helps your life, your love life. Okay. What's wrong with that? Melissa, really? You're going to tell me that's wrong. Okay. So if you're going for healing, if you're going for energy healing, and I have one of my best friends in the world, um, way bigger new ager than me (laughs) has chronic illness. And she did the same things, affirmations, things like that. She would do yoga. She would do everything. And there came a point where It's like, she had to actually get out of that mindset of if this is doing something and it's supposed to work, why do I keep having to go back? And there came an an element of, she became a Christian, huge rock in the pond for her. um, But there was a surrender there almost of God, your will be done. Mm -hmm. Thy will be done. So what people do is they almost idolize their comfort the mm-hmm. the healing, the whatever it is they want, their relationships, these these materialistic things that don't last very long, including our bodies, where we will do almost anything, break the law of God to get our temporary comfort. And there's a reason why God tells us to avoid these things. to He doesn't just say avoid them. He forbids them. And a big reason why Um, is because it is idolatry. That was the number one problem in the old Testament Mm -hmm. is God had to deal a lot with people worshiping other gods and idols. And, but the other part of it is the deception because people think, and this was my deception. This was the epitome of it is, but it's shiny and loving and pretty and looks good. And it's bring it's doing good things for me. How can this be wrong? Yeah, I didn't, I did not understand Christians that were like, yeah, that's evil and demonic. And they didn't have the right verbiage. If you ask me the right language, uh, to, to reach me because telling me what I was doing was evil was just making me think they were more closed-minded. Sure. It is the deception. It is overall the deception and the reasons why if somebody's going to call themselves a Christian and go get energy healing, I guarantee energy healing is not where they stop it it has to go beyond that where they're also dabbling in other things hmm. um opposed to the will and um the will of God and that's really what it is they don't want to be in the will of God they, well, want, to be, they want to do their own thing
0: you meant uh, yeah a couple of my friends will will say that the energy healers they go to are christians and that they'll pray for the spirit i know it's well and no, that they'll pray for the spirit to show to them these anyway
2: Do you see Uh, how I would have done this though? Like, do you see how I would have been like, no, I'm just a more spiritual Christian.
0: Right. Right, right. I'm open to the Lord working in different ways, in mysterious ways. You said something just now about God forbids it. What are you referring to?
2: Mm. I'm referring to Deuteronomy 18. Uh, there's Isaiah, Ezekiel. There's many places in scripture where he's talking about what he would call sorcery. Okay. Okay. The word in the, in the Bible is sorcery, but if you look it up, um, and actually do a word study on this word, it's like, it's like witchcraft sorcery, but it's these things. It's whenever you're, you're, you're opening that door that God said to shut into the spirit world, you're allowing spirits to come into your life and affect your life in a way that is very difficult to undo once done. Okay. And, um, helpful. What's that? That's helpful. Oh yes. Yeah. I, want to 18, move us- read it. Um, I had a good friend read Deuteronomy 18 and immediately just, she had no idea. She's like, oh man, that's, I did not know that God was against these things. Yeah. to such a strong degree.
0: Um, I want to move us along to a little different element of new age thought, new thought or new age philosophy, which is this kind of Christian mysticism. That's really Very popular right now. You Mm -hmm. mentioned people already hate me for not liking Richard Rohr anyway. So I'm gonna throw him under the bus again. Uh
2: (laughs) he's out here where I live.
0: Okay. Well, hey, let's get him on the podcast. Can you (laughs) even imagine? We yeah, we did a podcast that was not positive toward Richard Rohr and we got a lot of heat for it. But talk to me a little bit about Enneagram, Richard Rohr, contemplative prayer, some of these kind of things that are like squarely in Christianity, at least progressive Christianity, and where you see problems there, where that yeah, kind of so fits in with the I new did
2: Age. a uh, satire video on my channel. And it was so much fun to do. There are a lot of work, but there's so much fun where basically I start the whole thing with a progressive Christian and a new ager meeting, like meeting each other at a coffee shop and becoming best friends. Cause they realize they basically believe in the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and the book that I, um, open up with is Richard Rohr's book, universal Christ. And mm-hmm. then there was another book I'm spacing that her name, but she's a very prominent new ager. Uh, called Universal, like the books were the same title, everything, right? So when you're talking about Richard Rohr, I, he openly calls himself a Christian, like a, a Franciscan priest, and he's a progressive Christian. And this is this is the whole idea: is that progressive Christians do not a they do not look at the Bible as the Word of God, which is really weird. If you're going to call yourself a Christian, you're not going to read the book that like, houses the Christian beliefs you don't even believe in Christian Orthodox Christianity, but you're going to, you're going to take this name of Christian. It's odd to me. They're redefining it. Yeah. Um, so that's in essence what he's doing. And he believes that panentheism, uh, panentheism, which is, uh, kind of what the soul is to the body is what people would call. I mean, if, if the body is something, but the Christ is something to be obtained, that's not Christian. (laughs) in any sense or or of of the definition of the word, if you're going to research the life of Jesus and you're going to read through the gospels, there's, there's a, a sharp opposition to these kinds of beliefs, sharp line in the sand opposition. These are not in line with what Jesus teaches Jesus of, of scripture anyway. So if if Richard Rohr, you know, he can call himself a Christian, but this, you you understand, this is exactly how I fell into these beliefs. You have teachers that are super spiritual calling themselves Christians, but they're basically new agers. (sighs) They basically have these new age beliefs and they quote scripture all the time and it sounds good. And so you believe it, but there, there is absolutely no theological study or in-depth research of what scripture even means or what Jesus was even saying. So. Richard Rohr, he's somebody that, um, I think he's kind of the poster child for a lot of Christians now, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, progressives anyway. And I think that's really what it is, is I think people need to differentiate between uh, Orthodox Christianity and, um, uh, what progressive Christianity is doing in the church. Does that help? Does that?
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, and, and, so any comments on say like, The Enneagram or
2: Yes, that's the other thing you mentioned. Trying to think
0: what else Marcia Montenegro
2: would know a lot more about this than me. Well, and we did a whole podcast
0: with her on it. But you know, a
2: lot of my information comes from her. But the thing is, is that, and this is the thing that gets me with with the Enneagram, is that okay, it's harmless, yada yada. A number one, I think it's weird that this is big in the church. I could understand if this was big in secular areas, but this is weird to me that this is big in the church. Number Mm -hmm. two, it isn't what people think it is. Like The whole point of the Enneagram was to open you up spiritually, like to the universe. There's a, there's a a new age spiritual element and purpose for the Enneagram. It was supposed to be your nine paths to God. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like your path back to your true self. That was the point of it. So the personality types are really paths back to your true self. Number three, the origin of the Enneagram is probably the biggest problem I have with it because coming from a a worldview that used to accept, um, communication with spirits and we were given books and ideas, um, and beliefs that came from spirits being channeled through people that are anti-Christian. Why would we then turn around and trust this thing that was given to us from channeled spirits?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you. You, you, I'm the choir. You're yeah okay that's my biggest problem
2: anything else I'd be like I can sit there and I can listen to you and I understand but that's that's a major problem I'm like I I have a major problem like okay if you believe in spirits and you believe that spirits that are being channeled are demons then then basically you're saying that this was given to us by demonic spirits and you're you're okay with that
1: but Sherwin-Williams has Enneagram paint colors for real that's a real thing oh my
2: gosh Unless it,
1: it, it, unless it was a, unless it was a a, a parody, but I, I looked at it. I I think Sherwin Williams has Enneagram, you know, I need to look that up before we're done because
0: (laughs) that's funny. Well, you look that up. I want to, I want to try to tackle just, um, maybe you can give us quick, quick definitions. And if you have a particular reason why you think biblically it's, it doesn't land, let's just cover oneness. You referred to oneness earlier. What is oneness?
2: Oneness is like a, uh, Think back to like the pantheism and panentheism I was going over. It's it oneness is whenever you come back to your true self. This is very big and like things uh, with yoga, um, becoming one with the universe, things like that.
0: Okay, just that, just becoming one with the universe. That tiny small thing.
2: I yeah. would say that would probably be the Cliff's Notes version.
0: <laughs> now I like it uh enneagram inspired color palettes to bring your personality to life oh what's mine i'm a seven so this is at blog (laughs) This is at blog.sherwinwilliams.com
1: and so like type one is the reformer right and so they go through all the colors that would be appropriate so they have all like all the types and all the colors it's a real thing oh my goodness wow
0: well that's funny that you remembered that (laughs) yeah okay um okay uh okay universalism tell us about that
2: universalism is the belief that um, everybody at some point will end up going to heaven that everybody will be saved. In other words, yeah, there's universal sal- salvation. Yeah. So um, of course, again, if you're going to go back to the Christian worldview, I, I don't understand why Jesus, I don't understand why God had to become a human and die for human right. beings. is true. I don't right. get it. Um, so that's basically <laughs> that belief it's very loving, but it's a God of no justice and no wrath, no nothing. Um, but yeah, salvation for all come all be all we're all saved. It's all good. Do you think
0: people in the new age or people in sort of the modern version of the new age, even think we need that they even believe in such a thing as heaven or a need for salvation, even if they do think it's universal
2: uh, I guess it depends because it depends on the person you're talking to. Cause it is a salad bar belief system. It's like pinning down a cloud. <laughs> it does depend on the person. Bar. So like I, I had, for example, no idea. There was another, even like realm of new age after I got out because I was more in the new thought. I liked the metaphysical yeah um mind stuff. And I'm like, oh, there's angel cards. Like what, you know? And I'm like, what is this? And there's this people like talk to angels. Like, I didn't know that there was like a, this whole other part of it. So, I mean, it depends, but, um, no, I would say overall there's, you are your own savior. You save yourself, um, in that aspect. Um, but whether you have like a Buddhist belief of of karma or say you are a Buddhist, I mean, you have reincarnation, um, overall, if you believe in universalism, you eventually will be saved. If you're going to have a strict Buddhist belief, the goal is, basically to not exist. I mean, it's non-existence Nirvana. Um, so, I mean, they all can't be true. And that's the whole point is that yeah. Yeah. you can't, you cannot have like all these different beliefs about the afterlife and have them all be true for the sake of just not fighting with each other. Sure. It exists. Sure. It's a thing.
0: All right. Last one for a quick shot answer is, uh, uh, chakras and crystals. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. we should throw, you know, I'm not going to throw horoscopes in there for now. Cause we did a whole podcast on that with Marsha. So if you're interested in horoscopes and you want to know what maybe the Bible has to say about that, you can look up our other podcast on that. But, um, yeah, like chakra work goes a little bit into energy work, but do you even think we have chakras no. and do crystals do anything? Are they if like pulling it, the it, magnetism no, of the earth towards I you or something? I have to say,
2: no, I think crystals are just you'd think that each one had an energetic energy an energy to it. So like each rock would do something different um, and have different sorts of energies to it. So like divine feminine or uh, healing, whatever it is uh, the chakras. Um, I don't know. I've never actually looked into this in in the sense, but if there's some sort of like, I don't think that there's an aspect where you open up your chakras and you, I do think that there's uh, exercises that you do that open up more spirits I do think that in that sense, like, so example, if uh, the devil, let's just say he had a, uh, uh, had directions for you to open yourself to him. Hmm. So like, uh, maybe like a, what is it? Maybe I'm thinking of like a Harry Potter reference, but it's like, how do you unlock it? You know, how do you unlock this? And it's like an evil book, you know, like, it's not a good book, but it's, you have to do this and this and this. this, open this, open this, open this, open this, and then you're open. Right, You're going to be more spiritual. If you do this, it's not from God. You know, I, I don't think that that's something that would be, um, originated with him at all or any sense, because again, these things do not originate in, in scripture. They don't originate in the Christian worldview, even in the Jewish worldview. Um, that doesn't happen. There's, there's, there's mysticism, uh, a offshoot of mysticism in almost every single uh theistic belief islam mm-hmm. judaism mm-hmm. and christianity all three of them have mystic offshoots this is right. just one of them that take that aspect um and yeah you're supposed to like put the crystals to each part of the of the chakra to open it up but um again I, I definitely think it's not something that uh is within the will of god i think that this is antithetical to god's uh attributes to his will um and if you do these things it's not <laughs> it's not something that he would advise yeah yeah
0: well uh man i we didn't even get to talk about holy spirit glitter and what's happening at bethel with like laying on graves it's so funny because this
2: this one seems this conversation is like the same but so different from our it is so different
0: yeah last time i think evan asked a question about the lying on graves and if the soul sucking
2: or something grave sucking sucking. -sucking. oh my
0: gosh sorry that sounds so terrible Uh, well, I guess we'll just have to have you back on another time, but, um, maybe just sort of as a final thought, like as Christians, obviously we know after listening to this today, maybe people will know, like, I'm going to stay away from some of these things. So that's one thing that people can do. Is there anything else that we can do about this or to sort of fight this kind of creeping in to our own theology?
2: Yeah. There's two things I would say. One, read your Bible. I think that that's the biggest, epi- that that's the biggest problem we have is nobody reads mm-hmm. it. Nobody understands it. Nobody seeks to know. Um, and it's funny cause I'm actually working on a satire video right now where a first century Christian has a conversation with a 2021 Christian. Yeah. And she's like, what, like you have access to all the scriptures. Yeah. And yeah. You yeah. Read them. You know, like we're yeah. dying out here and you're, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, I think that's a big aspect of it too, uh, read it and, and trust it. Number two, here's the other thing. And I think this is a has to do with our mindset and our love for God and his, uh, his attribute of holiness to be more specific. Um, and again, this comes naturally if people read and study scripture, but all throughout the old Testament, he describes himself as a husband trying to get like his promiscuous wife. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like quit cheating on me. Mm -hmm. He considers this spiritual adultery, like it breaks Mm -hmm. his heart that's Mm -hmm. in the eyes of God, what he's considering it. Whenever we go after these other spirits, whenever we go after these other things, besides him, Jesus came, God in the flesh to die. um, And he calls himself the living water and bread of life for a reason. And we're over here just eating moldy bread and thinking this is our thing. Like, okay, I'm hungry again. Let's go eat some more mold. Like, no, I mean, and it's harder and I get it. I understand that there's a a cultural pressure there, but if you love God and you, you, you fear him. And when I say fear, I'm not saying like, Oh, be afraid. I'm saying that there's a reverence and awe for God almighty. Then you have to understand that you're basically cheating on your love. You're, he sees you, we're the bride, you know what I mean? And he's, he's the husband and that aspect. And this is the metaphor he uses in scripture. So I would say the mindset I think of it like that. It's like you would be, you would be deeply harmed and hurt if your spouse cheated on you repeatedly, but yeah. yet you stayed faithful and loved them. That's how God feels whenever we do these things. He calls yeah. it spiritual adultery.
0: Now that's a, that's a good reminder because I think some of these things start, with just the desire for something good, the desire for healing or, um, yeah, to, to take pain away, which we know God ultimately is going to do. Um, and then they, they go on from there. So that is a good word, Melissa. Thank you. If people want to pick your brain more about this or send you the angry emails that normally get sent Uh, to us about hating Richard, I don't hate Richard more, but, uh, where could people find you?
2: Well, I have a website, um, Melissa because calm was taken. Um, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Instagram, and on Facebook, but I think you can only message me now through my website. I think, yes, okay, I believe.
0: All right, so melissa dougherty.co, not mm-hmm. all the way com.
2: I just got lazy and didn't, yeah, didn't them.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, and of course, if you guys want any more information about Theology on Tap, or if you want to yell at us. Uh, or if you want to maybe come on the podcast, uh, find us at everything you need to know in, for all of life. No, I'm just kidding. You should read your Bibles, but also check out Houston t-o-t.com, Houston, TOT.com And until we see you next and talk about more interesting things, we encourage you as always to question freely, think deeply and disagree as needed.